You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. Hello, and thank you for joining us here on the Broncos Audio Zone. I'm Phil Milani, joined as always by Eric Delala. We're back with another great episode of Broncos Country Throwback, as this time Jim Sakamano talks to a true pioneer in the NFL. Yeah, Phil, we get to hear from Gene Mingo, a Broncos ring of famer, who played all sorts of positions for the Broncos, including place kicker. Uh, just a, a great conversation here um, about some of the challenges he faced during his career and a whole lot more. Jim, take it away. Hi, welcome to Broncos Country Throwback. Today, we're so pleased to be talking and honored, really, to be talking with Denver Broncos Rig of Famer, Gene Mingo, one of the greatest and most versatile players in Denver Broncos history. And Gene, you might be the only guy in Denver Broncos history of whom one could honestly say that you influenced the team from 1960 to the present because you still work as a counselor. And I know, I don't know how often you're called upon, but I know that if the call comes, you'll answer it and lend support in that regard. Well, that's true. That is very true. Uh, once a Bronco, always a Bronco. <laughs> yeah, once upon a time, I was talking to one of our uh, uh, off our defensive assistants, and this was this was a while back now, fifteen years or so. And he said, "Who were those guys out at practice?" And I said, "Well, they were some alumni guys, like our alumni council. You wouldn't know them, you know." I was just trying to be, you know. And he said, "Well, who were they?" And I said, well, this guy and that guy and Gene Mingo. And he said, I know Gene Mingo. And I said, now, excuse me, Gene, but I said, well, how could you know Gene Mingo? He said, he saved my sister-in-law's life. She was a drug addict and he saved her life. You know, that was when I was doing my counseling out at uh, Park Valley Hope. Uh, Yes, I did. uh, I did the best I could at that, at that job, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I, I know that, and I know you're very humble. So we'll we'll move away from that. But I know you you'd never you would never take credit for all the people you helped. And I realize that there have been times you've been at a stoplight, and a motorcycle guy has pulled up next to you, and and said, "Hey, Gene Mingo, you saved me." And uh, I know you won't deny that that's true. No, that is true. But you know, I don't like to hear people tell me that I saved them. I may have, I might have shared a little bit of influence that uh, uh, brought a little light on in their head or their way of thinking, and it helped them. But as uh, far as me saving, I'm not God. I can't do that. No, I understand, Gene. Well, let's go back to your playing career, to, to and even before your career. You know, it's the 1960s. It's a different time in America, and it's a different time for black people. Things always change, and and happily, things have changed, if not 100%, 97.2%, and so that's a wonderful thing. But, Gene, you didn't go to college. You went from high school to the Navy. Tell us about this. You went from high school, made a decision to join the Navy, and then played for those great military teams that played each other. Well, that is so true, Jim. Uh, you know, uh, I was, uh, well, my mother passed away in 1950, and uh, I was taking care of her, and so I had made a promise to her that I would go back to school. 
I had to go back to elementary school, which I did. I had a year to go in elementary, and I was the kind of kid that uh, liked going and watching the movies and stuff instead of uh, spending time in the classroom as I should have did. And uh, I, my father came home from work, and I was there. He said, son, he said, aren't you supposed to be in school? I said, yeah, but I don't like to go. He said, well, why don't you stay home and take care of your mother? That's what I did. I uh, was out of school for two and a half years taking care of her. And when she passed away, I went back and graduated from uh, elementary school, went to high school, South High School. Uh, was in there, made the baseball team and football team, and became the hero of the school, if you want to say that. And uh, uh, one time when my mother passed away, I w was going back to school. And uh, at high in high school, there was a teacher that just came up from the South. He didn't know anything about me or whatnot, but he was on the blackboard, Jim. And he had wrote something on there. And, you know, as a uh, student, you're supposed to raise your hand to get attention. And uh, he was writing on the board. And so once he got through, I happened to raise my hand. Well, you don't do that. Being a superstar, you're supposed to know everything. And he said, oh, look at the big superstar back there, the big football player. He's asking for help. And uh, if you watch tennis that tennis matches uh you follow the ball you go from this court to that court well all the students turned their head and they looked at gene mango and i became upset i felt embarrassed and i just stood up and said the hell with the white man's learning i'll join the navy and that's something i i wanted to do because my brother james who just passed away about two and a half months ago uh, was in the Navy, and I saw him in his uniform, and I loved the uniform. So uh, I went home, and I asked my father if I could join the Navy. I wasn't old enough, and I had to have the fa my father's uh, permission. He said yes, and uh, I got in the Navy and uh, went through boot camp and was at Oceano Naval Air Station throwing a loaf of bread around, uh, and the chief cook came out, and he, <laughs> he was mad at us. And he said a few choice words about uh, us. And if you want to play football, I'll make sure that you can play football. And uh, he set it up for us to go to Indiana or Oceana. Uh, oh, Little Creek. I'm sorry. Little Creek and Fifth Base. And, uh, you know, you were talking about the 60s. What happened to me, uh, I was... And, of course, this is in the 50s now. We're talking, we're back to the 50s, really. Well, actually, we're at the beginning of the uh, 60s. I mean, the 50s. You're absolutely right. Uh, we, when I was, when I joined the Navy, I went in the 1956. And in 1956, uh I was naive to being the word prejudice or whatnot, because, you know, we uh, we black kids, we hung out together, we played together, uh, no problems, dad and mom, mm -hmm. everything. Uh, if you 
had a problem uh, with the white kids, which I never did because I didn't understand what was going on. And uh, But anyway, getting back to when I joined the Navy, uh, the chief cook at the Oceano Naval Air Station sent me over to Little Creek and Fifth Base, and I made the team. Uh, Jim, uh, even though the people don't know it, I was inducted into the Sports Hall of Fame, the Ohio Sports Hall of Fame in 1986. And I'm in there with Woody Hayes, uh, Ari Parsegan. That's uh, a great thing. I didn't know that, Gene. Yeah, they, they, um, I'm in there with, uh, some very well known people. And, um, that's another reason that I'm sort of upset with life as it is. Uh, Everybody, oh, I didn't got off a of track. I'm sorry. <laughs> but That's anyway, okay, let's Gene. go back to when I was in the Navy. Uh, things happened to me in the Navy that uh, I didn't understand. We were training one day at Little uh, Creek and Fifth Base, and uh, the uh, most of the players there had played college ball and were all Americans, or they knew pretty much what they were doing. Well, Gene Mingo... Uh, uh, I promised my aunt that I would never use the word can't. And uh, even though these guys were much more experienced in football than I was, I was still pretty good size for uh, my age at that time. And uh, was playing, uh, we're practicing, and the uh, practice coach had us uh, uh, running plays. And this kid from uh, south, from the south, he happened to use the word, the N-word, mm-hmm. and the coach uh, stopped practice, and he said uh, a few choice words, if you can't play as a team and respect each other, he said, I'll send you back to your base. Well, Which was very good of him, frankly. Well, I tell you, Jim, uh <laughs> A lot of people that have the animosity or use the word, the N-word, or uh, I just don't understand that. I just don't understand the prejudice that uh, goes on right now because we go into a war or whatnot. Uh, the whites go, then you, the blacks go. Uh, what happened? We yeah, I'm familiar to it from Vietnam, Gene. You know, there's uh, it's it's one team, and it better be one team, and that's the way it is. But uh, but we've always had petty people. Anyway, you became a big star, and then you're out of the Navy, and somebody suggests you try out for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. That is so true. Uh, Which is crazy. But, I mean, it's, see, what I'm saying is, when I say it is crazy, it seems crazy insane ridiculous only it turned out if you can play you can play and you could play well you know it was it like i said uh well people don't know what i went through but uh, some of the guys that i played against in service were pros i mean played mm-hmm. uh they were with an nfl team uh rosa greer sherman plunkett lee riley uh big daddy lipscomb uh some hall of famers there yeah, these are guys that I played with, uh, played against in service. <laughs> we played against Rosie Greer and him in Fort Dix, New Jersey, 
and uh, we were leading at halftime seven to nothing, and it was raining like crazy. And uh, so we went in at halftime up seven points, and at the end of the game, it was fifty-seven to seven in favor of. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> they put it on us, but we tried. But, it was so. Yeah, you but know, no, I, no, but I gained a lot of experience by playing service ball. Yeah, and, and then you you made the Broncos in conditions that were. Would you explain a little to the fans, the listeners, what the conditions were like? You know, you report to Denver Broncos training camp. What was the food like? What were the sleeping arrangements like? What was the weightlifting situation like, Gene? Well, I tell you, flying in from Akron, Ohio, and coming in and looking at uh, the uh, space or whatever between farms and whatnot, and Denver was such a small town at that time, it appeared. And, uh, I, you know, flying in on that uh, the prop and all that noise coming from the engines, you looked, I looked out the window and said, how in the hell can they, excuse my language, but how can they yeah. have it here in Denver? It's not big enough. Uh, you know, but anyway, uh, I was in, we were up in uh, Golden, Colorado training. and Colorado uh, School of Mines. Uh-huh. Colorado School of Mines. And Frank Fieldchuck, who was the Broncos' first head coach, uh, was, you know, trying to develop uh, field goal kickers and punters and everything. He had already, uh, we had already scrimmaged uh, quite a few times. But anyway, he he was down on the lower field, and he had the punters and the field goal kickers down there. And they, the guys seemed to be messing up. Well, we were up on the upper hill, and running plays, and after we would run a couple plays and stuff, if a guy made a mistake, it, it turned into a laughing conversation. And uh, Phil Chuck got mad. He blew his whistle. He said, uh, again, a few choice words. And uh, if anybody can kick up there, come on down or whatnot. Well, I happened to there happened to be a uh, football player that played with me in. Uh, Had the, you kicked in the service, Gene? I, Had you kicked little. in the service? Wow. I kicked, okay. I kicked in service very little, I would say. But anyway. Uh, well, anyways, you went on down. I didn't hear you. Uh, so you, anyway, you, anyway, I, I got off track. But anyway, after Phil Chalk said that, you went, you went down to the lower field. Well, I didn't go down. Matter of fact, I stepped behind another player, and uh, Chuck Gavin, who has passed away, said, man, he said, uh, you better go on down there. He said, uh, if, you know, if you can kick, is a chance for you to make the team. And this guy that I played at uh, Norfolk Naval Air Station with, he pushed me out here, so I went on down. And, uh, Jim, I kicked the first ball. It took off like I had been kicking for years and years. It went through the upright so pretty. It, I was told that my ball didn't go straight towards the goalpost. It seemed to go up, find out the mm-hmm. direction I want to go in, and then it would take off for the goalpost. And uh, so I kicked the ball, and, and Phil Chuck asked, uh, can you do it again? I said, I think so. Well, it would like it would happen. I stepped up there. I kicked the ball, and it sliced. It would 
acted like a golfer's life, and it mm-hmm. went on. Mm-hmm. And Phil Chuck said, I'll get out of here. And so I turned and started to go back up the hill, and uh, something told me to ask for another chance. And so I turned and asked him, I said, uh, can I have another chance? And he said, oh, no, go on up there. I said, please, you know, give me another chance. And from that point on, uh, every kick I kicked seemed to take off and go right straight through the uh, mm-hmm. right. And it looked good. And so he told uh, the trainer at that time, Fred Posey. He said, oh, my gosh, Fred Posey. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that he was one of the original uh, equipment. Man. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Uh, he uh, told Fred, he said, get Gene a kicking shoe and let's see what he can do. Well, they got me a kicking shoe, uh, shoe and history was made from there. Uh, I had no fear about kicking. When I missed the field goal, I had to make up some way because uh, that was just me. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, great players are measured different ways. But all of them, one way or another, have got a determination factor. Uh, and whether it's a chip on their shoulder or things they've had in their lives, but they're determined to 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 succeed ultimately. And you did great. Now, let me just say this. You did not, on that first night in Boston, when you scored the first winning touchdown, the first punt return touchdown in AFL and Denver Broncos history, you were not initially the kick returner that night, were you? No, I was not. I was so scared, Jim, at uh, halftime in that Quonsa hut. Phil Chuck came over after uh, I was sitting between uh, Jim Greer and uh, Chuck Gavin, and he come over and he said, Mingo, you're returning punts and kickoff. And I Something said, happened to Al Carmichael in the first half. Was that it? Yeah, they got hurt. Got injury or something? Yeah. They were hurt and uh, couldn't return punts or kickoff, and Phil Chuck put me out there. And uh, it was uh, – <laughs> I looked sort of funny running up that sideline. I was I was straining to get to that end zone. But anyway, they kicked uh, – they punted, and uh, I caught the ball. And sort of right – you know, I can still feel myself or – I can make those moves. I don't know sure, sure. a thousand times over again and go up that sideline. And my teammates were on the sideline waving me on to go. But, you know, I had a beautiful escort. Those guys were blocking their hearts out. Uh, people just uh, – most people that go to the Bronco games don't don't realize uh, the camaraderie or the uh-huh. that you develop with each other. And they were blocking their hearts out, even though uh, that we didn't win that many games that year. But uh, but you were very very successful, and you led the league in kicking twice. You were all AFL. You and Capaletti. I still remember when we had our fiftieth, and I and Cap they were play, we were playing the Patriots, and I had you and Capaletti as the honorary captain at right. the fifty yard line. I I loved that and I loved doing that and you guys couldn't have been better about it. I mean, the original kickers from 1960, 50 years later. Uh, you know, people, you know, Jim, uh, the Broncos asked me to come and sign autographs and stuff like that. The people don't know who I am. Uh, I'm, that's one thing that I have against the Broncos. 
they don't never talk about uh, Gene Mingo, uh, what he did in the early 60s. It was not easy playing uh, football in the 60s. Uh, right. Jim, I used to carry, people didn't know this, but I used to carry two Berettas, two guns with me. Uh, I had an ankle strap, and I had another gun that I went with. We played an exhibition game in Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh, tough one. Those uh, those people in Arkansas, the, the farmers were in their bib overhauls. Uh, they came out with the word, the N word. If you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. one, or if you hit one of those white boys out there, we'll kill you. We'll do this. Uh, Max Beatty told me how tough it was for blacks back then when he played with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, but and I, he was on the Browns team that integrated pro football. That's right. That's so right. he was at the beginning when Marion Mopley was there. I mean. You know, and Speedy's just another guy. I mean, he's just another foot, good football player, but he witnessed something. It's like Rosa Parks it, in exactly a way. exactly right. It's, it's incredible. So, you know, I, 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 my wife, even though we haven't been up the hill in about three or four months, uh, she likes to play pennies, and so I do too. But yet and still, uh, you go back to the early years and, and what, we went through as ball players, and now as a, back, a black ball player, if you didn't play more than one position, um, be honest with you, you didn't make the team. Mm-hmm. Jim, I played so many different positions on that yeah. team. I felt like uh, I was a team player. I enjoyed yeah. playing football. Uh, you know, when I go up the hill, um, the white people that know me or come up and say, you look familiar. And I tell them who I am. Oh, you play with the Broncos. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) we go back years and they remember the name Gene Mango and they, Oh yeah. Well, how good. I'm not, I'm not trying to take you to bad times or anything, Gene, but you know, it's, it's, it's common even now, even right now, everything's about Brady. Well, if you say there's Joe Montana, or even John Elway, most of the sports writers today, and this is hard to believe, they never saw John Elway play. They never saw Joe Montana play. But it's all about Brady and Manning. And someday it'll always be it'll all be about whoever, uh, the new guys, you know, and so um that that that's a very irksome thing to me, black or white, but you know, I realize it's part of of how it happens. Now, Gene, I'm going to just say for a second, because fans would not be aware of this, but you're one of only two or three players in the history of pro football to have a, a, a touchdown run of more than 50 yards, a touchdown reception of more than 50, uh, a touchdown pass that you threw of more than 50. In fact, you threw two in the first half to Lionel Taylor, both of 50 more at Buffalo, uh, Kick, I mean, punt return, kick return, punt return, pass, inter- pass uh, touchdown, rushing touchdown, throwing a pass, and a 50-yard field goal. Yeah, it's never going to happen again, Gene. Never going to happen again because you're never going to have a guy have a 50-yard field goal, and he's also the quarterback or he's also you know, playing three positions. It's never going to happen again, Gene. It can't be. 
Do you know that I almost became the first black quarterback in the NFL when Frank Chapuca got hurt? I practiced the whole week uh, behind the offensive line. Jerry Sturm was the center, and uh, we played uh, San Diego or Oakland, and uh, I practiced all week long to be the quarterback, and uh, they shot uh, – Frank Chapuca, where his arm was good enough for him to play. But uh, that was another thing that almost became. I could throw the football. That's amazing. I could throw the football. Uh, you know, what I tell you, you could, if there was any football players around during that time, they would verify what I say to you. Uh, there were so many things that I was asked to do that I I, I did. I Yeah. It was and after be doing it. Yeah. And, and players do move around. And after one thing comes to an end, when God closes the door, he opens a window. You also kick. And this is, I think, a real compliment to your ability because some guys, no offense, Gene, but when they got cut by AFL teams, they weren't good enough to go anywhere else. They were just done. But in your case, you also kicked for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, and also the Oakland Raiders, or are I incorrect about that? No, you're absolutely right. I got in trouble in 1964 with the Oakland Raiders that I tried to talk to Pat, I mean, Mr. Bolin, about, I didn't ask for it, but uh, uh, we were out in Oakland, and I had uh, these two white ladies that... Uh, came to a party that my ex-wife girlfriend had for the players on the team and she invited him over and i was it, we it, in other words i'll make it short it got late at the house and the person that yeah i know the story yeah was supposed to bring us back didn't bring us back and yeah. you were it, clean as a whistle but it but circumstantial evidence did you in yeah well yeah, that's exactly right, because I had just gotten married to my second wife seven months before that. Uh, I had a wonderful football career. I could still be playing. I I wanted to run the ball. I wanted to do whatever I could do to help the team win. And uh, that was me, period. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, as you know, Gene, I I pushed for years, and the Ring of Fame only doesn't, they don't take in 10 guys a year. It's zero, one, two, maybe three sometimes. Anyway, and I pushed for years that you were the, you should go in. And frankly, you were our first African-American superstar because Lionel joined the team week three. I'm, it's like a technicality. I'm just saying the first is the first, you know, that night in Boston, everything. But I, I used to push for you, and we were having our Ring of Fame meeting, and I was told, uh, look, it's got to be a fair meeting. So somebody else has to bring up the name Mingo. You, you, <laughs> just, can't, you just can't take over the meeting and talk Mingo, Mingo, Mingo. You know what I mean? I, so I said, okay, I'll have, the, I'll have the material ready, but I'll keep my mouth shut. So the meeting began. And the John and we're talking about this guy or that guy, and you know, saying, "Well, what about this or what about that?" And John Beek said, like it's from heaven, Gene. He said, "What about that guy in the '60s who did everything?" Ah, oh, geez, what was his name? 
And, uh, and he looked at me and I, I looked at, I said, I, I can't help you, John, you're going to have to come up with the name by yourself. And he said, Oh, he was a kicker. He was a, he was a ready back, uh, return kiss. What was his name? Then finally he says, Mingo, that was it. Yeah. So at that point I said, now gentlemen, may I just, since it's been brought up by somebody besides me, can I pass out the material on Gene Mingo? And I remember Joella said, please do Jim. And I passed it out, and like one minute later, everybody was uh, throwing out the name of Jesus in a positive way, if you will, saying, how the heck have we overlooked this guy? And and I still remember Joe Ellis's phone call to you. Boy, you were so emotional, Gene. Was Joe we, wondered, the, Joe wondered what, if you were if you were going to have a stroke or something on the phone. I I was I was uh, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. You know, what bothers me is the fact that uh, you know number 44 in baseball and all that. Every year they uh, they honor him. I'm not trying to take over his position as being the uh, uh, a superstar or whatnot. But you look at it, they tried to get me out of football from 1960 until 1970. Uh, if I hadn't have gotten in trouble against the uh, uh, in Oakland, I think I would have still been kicking the football for the Broncos. Uh, you know, I did everything, and being a yeah. goal kicker, uh, you have not seen another black field. Oh, goal. still it, extraordinarily it, uncommon! Extraordinarily uncommon. You don't see them out there. And uh, no. Jackie Robinson played baseball. I played football. Uh, he was excellent in his field. And people tell me how it's, it's amazing. It bothers me. It hurts me to hear you should be in the Hall of Fame. You should be in the Canton Hall of Fame for what you did. When my son, Gino Mingo Jr., uh, brought me a book a what it had all of my clippings not all of them but he had saved a lot of clippings you know when the broncos traded me out to the oakland raiders that the san francisco 49ers tried to get me to go come over to the 49ers and i said no since the american football league gave me my chance i'll stay over here and Al Davis was trying to get John Brody to come over here. Well, the year after that is when they merged. So I, I look at the fact that uh, part of the reason the AFL and NFL merged was due to me. I must have been a fairly decent ball player. I think that's true. Yeah. Oh, no, Gene, you overcame a lot of stuff. And if we look at things from where you started, where where you started – if it's at two on a hundred on a scale of a hundred, you wound up at ninety eight point six. <laughs> you know what I mean? You had a you had a great career and and finally and sometimes things take some time, but you are in the ring of fame. Of course, I have nothing to do with the Hall of Fame, but but you are in the ring of fame. And what a what a fantastic career you had, Gene. And uh, and then though, post career, you stayed so active until, to be honest, just age. And, and you know what I mean, so many other services and so many other organizations that help people now. But once upon a time, 
there was just Gene Mingo. A player needed help. There was it was Gene Mingo. Period. There, there, you know, there weren't the social service things out there that 20 years ago that there are now. Well, for a guy that didn't go to college, I'm very, very proud and happy with what I've done in life. Uh, I don't believe there is a hateful bone in my body. If uh, someone came up to me and said they they had uh, a family member or a friend needing help because they were doing uh, drugs or drinking too much, I would try to help them. And... Uh, it's it's no it's no skin off my nose to bring that person back to behave mm-hmm. like a normal life and and sure. you know I always ask people when they came to treatment when did you have your first drink when did you do your first drug how did you make you feel and they said well it took away all the pain I said look just think about that. If you hadn't gotten in that trouble or those issues hadn't popped up, would you have, you know, indulged yourself in those substances? And they said no. I said, well, it's the same thing. Realize that something other than uh, you have to recognize what caused you to do this and make up in your mind that you're going to do better. That's all of it. That's the way yeah. I look at it. That's the way I look and at Gene, at, at the, what, what is your age now, if I may ask, Gene? <laughs> I'm 81. <laughs> okay, at 81, at 81, you just verbalized good advice for everybody. I, I've often told people my mother was 100 when she passed away. And when I'd visit her, even at the age of 100, and I'd say, well, I'm going now, Mom. She'd always say, well, be careful or be good. I cannot yeah, yeah. do any better then get motherly advice, even at the age of 100, such as be careful or be good. And even in this phone call, Gene, you know, you have still expressed that this is this is what you bring to the world. It's a great thing, Gene. And um, uh, we, we got to move on. But I want to I want to thank you very, very much for being our guest on Broncos Country Throwback. You've been terrific, Gene. Well, I enjoy talking to you. I show you, I, well, I have a lot, a lot of respect for you, Jim. And, it's mutual. Uh, the, the people always ask me, why don't the Broncos use you as being the first black field goal kicker and what you accomplished in the – I don't understand that either. All I know is that uh, Cal Coons was so uh, – excuse my language, but he was so prejudiced back in those days that uh, a black player didn't have a chance. Willie Davis with the Green Bay Packers told me after the first year, he said, Gene, he said, they don't want you to be a field goal kicker. They don't want, they want that for the white player. I you, said, you kicked in spite of, in spite, not because of, but in spite of how people would have replaced you if they could. Yeah, that's exactly right. They couldn't replace. And you kicked, <laughs> and you kicked more than a, I think uh, counting the other teams. Didn't you kick eleven or twelve years in the NFL? I ten and a half. Ten and a half. Ten and a half. It's a long career, Gene. Anyway, you've been great, and you're still great. Thank you very much for being our guest, and I'm always honored to talk to you. Well, I tell you the truth. The same goes here. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, may God you know, be with you and your the same family. thing to you, Gene. Okay, then. 
well. So just a lot of stuff there about all the challenges that Gene faced during his career uh, and still managed to just have a tremendous, tremendous time in Denver, uh, obviously became a ring of famer. So some good stories there. Hopefully people were able to learn a little bit about one of the pioneers in Denver. Yeah, great hearing from Gene Mingo, and uh, what a different time in the NFL. Obviously, he faced a lot of uh, issues with society, but even just the fact that the Broncos were practicing at the Colorado School of Mines, and, you know, casually he tried that for place kicker. Uh, what an amazing story. And, uh, you know, you don't really see a, a, any black kickers nowadays. So Gene Mingo, a true pioneer, and, uh, you know, that's the type of conversations that uh, Jim Sakamano brings you each and every episode of uh, Broncos Country Throwback. You can find this podcast anywhere you download your regular podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, and also Spotify. So be on the lookout for many more episodes coming all throughout the off season and as we head into the 2020 year. That's going to do it for us, for Eric Galala. I am Phil Milani, and this has been Broncos Country Throwback. <laughs>